0: Welcome back. This is a story, as I commented earlier at the beginning of the show, that hit us all inside. It certainly did me. And we knew it wasn't the end of the story. Hockey Canada, first there was an assault that had us reeling the allegations of an assault and the payment after these allegations. And then there was another. Today there is reporting in the Globe and Mail that Hockey Canada used player fees to build a second fund for sexual assault claims. This is very concerning and raises all sorts of questions and brings back all the ones that we had when the story first began. We're going to talk about it tonight. Uh, Taylor McKee is an assistant professor in sports management at Brock University. Taylor, how are you? Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for joining me, for, for having me.
0: All right, Taylor, first of all, it's true, isn't it? I mean, we knew the story that's reported today, it, it sent me for a bit of a go, but I was not surprised. This story had a ticking time bomb feeling right from the beginning.
1: Well, certainly, I think that, again, allowing ourselves to say that we are expecting, you know, bad things to keep occurring with regards to this story with Hockey Canada is, is I think, a normal sort of tactic to begin with. That being said, what we're dealing with with this specific story here is, is, again, another failed opportunity from Hockey Canada here to come clean fully. I mean, what we learned about with this second fund, they, they when they spoke directly to the House of Commons, when they spoke to the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage, they had an opportunity to disclose this kind of information. So I think, again, this just further erodes the trust that Canadians have with Hockey Canada, one that the trust has already worn very thin.
0: It is. When we first learned about how the fees were used for a fund, it, w- it was shocking and it really showed the contradiction here, as you say, but this may be more serious because they were asked the questions, and they didn't give this information up. And we know what that's like when we follow these, these things. It is a, perhaps it looks like an attempt to deceive by not disclosing, disclosing information. Taylor, I mean, there's lots of templates for how to survive these crises. Um, is this, is this blowing, blowing those templates apart?
1: Well, it seems though, and this is reporting from what Rick Westhead a few weeks back that uh, detailed questionnaires being uh, sent out to parents to see how uh, that what the temperature was in terms of uh, whether or not this was being overblown or if the parents believed that you know this this scandal was being overplayed is an attempt to sort of answer the question you just asked. There, their their tactic here it seems to be wait this thing out, and if that is if that continues to be their strategy, um, that is extremely dangerous stuff because the the amount that seems to be out there and only they would know. Uh, what uh, what is actually waiting for them if they, they started doing digging, uh, tells us that essentially here, this organization is prepared to just hope that we all forget, hope that we all start focusing on hockey again, and 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 ignoring the fact that, again, we we have a very, very, very serious problem right now with being able to trust the caretaker of, of our, our national game, and certainly, uh, when it comes to the way that money is being spent, and this player fees one specifically, and we were talking about mm-hmm. a period from going stretching back into the 1980s, and this is something that we're talking about four decades now, basically, of, of institutionalized funding for assault claims. That seems like something that, that Canadians would have liked to have heard about uh, when they were speaking before the House of Commons.
0: It's true. In, in the story, in the Globe and Mail, they detail how this there was an attempt to extend this program. And it was really in the years when we started to hear more about... Uh, the public's reaction to these kind of things just uh, around the me too years. And then the wording of it as well, Taylor, the words sexual abuse and sexual assault are, are used in the, in the description of what this fund is going to be for.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, the, the, the description, and again, there was a sort of part where they, mm. they tried to explain, well, you know, this is actually part of financial management and risk management when they, when they discussed the use of this slush fund, when it first came uh, with, first came to to light and they said, well, this is actually something that's something approaching normal business practice to have a a little bit of money stashed away in case of a claim. And they also were very quick to remind us that a lot of their, their claim payments went out to the Graham James situation. What I'm not hearing a lot of is a recognition of why such a fund needs to exist in the first place. And that's something that, again, we got to, as Canadians, keep their feet to the fire in this regard. What is and is not normal business practice in dealing with sexual assault uh, when they become known as the way we have with, with Graham James is, is one issue. But the nature of such a, uh, such a slush fund, the nature of two such slush, slush funds, the ways in which player fees, which are ostensibly are family fees as well are paid towards these these claims, this is the kind of thing that we need to really start asking, which is, you know, have you not considered treating the illness and not the symptoms over and over again?
0: you know, there's so many different aspects of this. There's a fan base, there's a sponsor base, they're they're surviving the crisis template that we're all getting a little bit used to and we're a little wise to it as well. But there's also a political aspect to this. We had the, the MPs who were on the committee investigating this. I mean, a lot of the funding came from the government of Canada here. So this was a way to use the fees to get around that, but this is now in the political arena political careers are connected to this. So how does this uh, take the story into that other dimension?
1: Well, I think some of the MPs that, that were spoken to directly and some of the members of the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage are frankly a little upset and they feel a little lied to and maybe perhaps that they were trying to be taken advantage of or maybe even outright deceived. And I know that uh, Peter Julian questioned why they didn't disclose the trust in general or why it felt as though the way that this second trust was named was an attempt to conceal this from Canadians. I mean, if those things are true, this is a huge sort of issue here. And again, at each stage, whether it was before the House of Commons the first time, whether it was before the standing committee, we kept hearing the same thing from Hockey Canada, which is to say, we we know things have gone incorrectly. We're going to do better in the future. Here's our action plan. Here's what we're going to do in the future. Mm -hmm. As if to say, let's turn the page, let's turn the page, let's turn the page. But certainly we didn't know the whole story. And this is something that, again, they've had countless opportunities to come forward and say, this is what, what was going on. This is why we did things the way we did. But this is everything. And the fact that they would have not been forthcoming or even, even deceitful in that way tells us that there might even be more behind the curtain here. And so when Peter Julian asks mm-hmm. for a full audit of Hockey Canada, I think he's complete within his rights to do so.
0: Again, you know, I began this with the, the feeling that it was going to be a drip, drip, drip story, the feeling of dread looking at this. And you and I, a couple of aspects of that, you and I have talked about the hockey culture. It's out there now. There's an examination. Is this part of a culture? Those who are within hockey have come out and those who feel that they have been the victim of that are very, very clear about this culture. And there was all this great Canadian will to take a look at it and really examine on how to change it. But if you're only learning things by what investigative reporters are are coming up with, there's a feeling you're not really getting to the bottom of it. Hockey culture again, Taylor. How do you change it? Are are we peeling back the onion here?
1: Absolutely. And Arlene, you and I have had this discussion now Mm -hmm. on a number of occasions, which is basically over and over again. Is this it? You know, have we reached? Have we have we really reached rock bottom here? Is this the moment of change? And every time we've spoken, it's been the same thing. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. You know, and and here we are again at another moment where everything you just said is absolutely you know spot on. Uh, if we're having to dig everything out of the ground here, um, you can't actually credibly say that it's something to do with transparency of your hockey Canada. The idea that they are they serve us as Canadians, which is an issue that we need to keep returning. To. They are here to serve our interests. They are here to be the custodians of our game. And if we are forced to beg and plead and, and scrape and claw every detail about a morally reprehensible uh, actions that have occurred in their watch, I mean, what kind of trust should you be expected to have? And then over and above, if your registration fees, the fees that families are paying to have their children learn hockey, could be paid to pay off people that have put those very same ch- children in danger. I mean, it, again, it, it defies all possible logic in terms of, you know, is this an organization that that can be trusted? So this this erosion of trust, this is not something that's going to be fixed over the next two or three years. When we talk about hockey culture, I mean, this is a corrupt business culture we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. We're we're far and away past some of the culture questions as well. I mean, we're talking about, you know, issues of disclosure that affect uh, businesses of all sorts. So this is definitely something that has, has decades of, of trust having to be rebuilt after we finally get to the bottom of this, whenever that'll be.
0: As you just said, I mean, let's just talk about it again, the dread. What else don't we know? Is it just these incidents that we know, but clearly you don't have a fund, Taylor, if you're not using it and you don't have two funds if you're not thinking you need them. Well, absolutely.
1: And again, are there sound business practices? Are there sound risk, risk management practices that say such funds are needed? Sure. But what I'm not seeing from any of the evidence that's being dug out is any any sort of action on the part of Hockey Canada which says, hey, we got a problem on our hands. Let's fix this internally instead of saying let's keep paying out. I mean, that's that there is no business practice imaginable that would say it is makes more sense to keep paying out settlements and not saying, hey, we should probably figure out why we have to keep paying out settlements in the first place. So this this notion of what's around the corner, I mean, they have a lot of money tied up in in, in the notion that there's a lot of things that have gone wrong in the past. It does beg the question. And again, if there's nothing Mm -hmm. out there, that would be great to learn too. But the lack of transparency here from the start has been a key problem and it continues to be today.
0: All right, Taylor, just looking into the future, if you were a betting guy, what do you think the next move is going to be by hockey Canada? Are they still going to sit tight and say, let's wait this out. It's Canada's game. They might forget.
1: Oh, goodness, Arlene. I, I hope I, I wish I knew. Uh, I think one of the issues that we're dealing with uh, right now is in six months' time, when we say Hockey Canada, the the faces that are conjured mm-hmm. to mind hopefully will look a little different. I think that the leadership review going on in November um, will, will come some pretty swift changes. If they have a desire to, to do this themselves, they're going to have to change their leadership group voluntarily. I think uh, that's the only first step I can imagine because if they do not, they can be compelled to do so in other means. And I feel like uh, there's a lot of very angry uh, sponsors out there. There's a lot of very angry parents that are only going to get angrier. And if the result of the leadership review in November is that, you know, we we are still the ones that, that can get us out of this mess. They will be compelled to, by other means to change leadership. And I think, if they are going to navigate out of this successfully in the coming years, it will be because when we say Hockey Canada, someone or some group whom we trust uh, will be conjured to our minds and not this sort of shadowy, uh, deceitful group that we have been uh, come, grown accustomed to in the past year or so.
0: Taylor McKee, assistant professor in sports management at Brock University. Taylor, thank you for joining us. And I got a hunch it's not the last time we talk about this. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm Arlene Bynum. This is On Point.